The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, a scam, a sham, a witch hunt. Uh, these are the claims made by the former President of the United States uh, ahead of his court appearance yesterday. Is that the case? Or is this Donald Trump finally being faced with his just desserts? Uh, joining us to dissect the high-stakes courtroom drama, but perhaps a very boring one, is Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway and columnist with the Journal.ie. Uh, good morning, Larry. Good morning, Pat. So, what are the stakes? Well, I think the stakes for Trump and his family in terms of New York and their business dealings there are potentially very high. Uh, the attorney general is seeking $250 million uh, in penalties for Trump having uh, allegedly overvalued his real estate and properties for a number of years. Indeed, the judge has already issued a finding on that, agreeing with the attorney general. Really, we're, we're into further matters here as well as evaluation uh, on what the damages will be. Uh, the Trump team had at least a partial victory yesterday when it seems as though the judge accepted that certain uh, of the valuations were prior to the, uh, have been deemed time lapsed by the statute of limitations. But still, the stakes here, from a financial point of view, are very high for Donald Trump. I don't believe the political stakes are very high in this trial anyway. Now, what would happen to an ordinary man or woman who said those things about a judge? Yeah, I mean, this is where I think Irish viewers will really be taken aback by. I mean, a, a party to legal proceedings going in and saying everything, everything you can imagine about the judge and the prosecutor, uh, which is quite extraordinary. I think contempt uh, would probably be on the agenda if it was an ordinary person. But and we've spoken about this before, Pat, we have a collision course between the political and the legal systems in the United States. Every single thing that happens to Donald Trump is going to be viewed through the prism that he is, at the moment, a candidate for president of the United States. That makes all of this infinitely more complicated. Yeah. Now, he was president. He is now in the running for the Republican nomination. Uh, however, the polls don't hold any judicial water. He is one of, what, uh, 10 candidates who'd love to have the Republican nomination. That is actually his only status the polls mean nothing. His uh, former role as president of the United States should mean nothing. But in the real politic, unfortunately, it does. Yeah, you, you've, you've asked and answered your own question here, Pat. I mean, that's that's the reality of the situation. The other thing I, I always really want to point out here, and this is not by any means to defend Donald Trump or to take his side. The one thing where I do think that the Trump people make a reasonable point, and that's not with respect to Trump's behavior, but it's one of these crazy things about the American system. This prosecutor, the top prosecutor in the state of New York, Letitia James, she campaigned for her office on the basis that she was going to get Trump. There's no doubt that that was in her mind. There's no doubt that she used that in order to win her office. Regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump, it should profoundly trouble all of us that a prosecutor uh, obviously infected in politics to her decisions. That's disgraceful in my view, and it's a systemic weakness uh, in the United States. Now, the uh, lawyer for the attorney general, his name is Kevin Wallace. He actually opened up uh, with uh, some clips uh, which he played of Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and Alan Weisselberg, the former chief financial officer for the Trump Organization, who was already convicted uh, of fraud. Uh, and there's Donald Trump, who's um, in the courtroom, and he's looking at a video monitor at looking at his own testimony, which he gave in April, he was asked under oath whether Mr. Weisselberg was responsible for ensuring that his personal financial statements complied with generally accepted accounting principle. I would say yes. And then he says, 
well, were you lying then or are you lying now? And that maybe yeah. is the crux of it. Yeah, it was quite a dramatic moment. I mean, one of the things at stake here is this idea of general accounting principles. Uh, they're really all over the place. And when it comes, and this is going to be part of the Trump's team's defense, is that when it comes to the high stakes world of New York real estate, overvaluing, puffing, all of that stuff is part of it. Because this practice seems to be so loosely defined, and it's almost as if uh, a property is worth what one person thinks it is, or what one person can get away with thinking it is. Uh, the issue here is that the overvaluation seems to be so egregious, so over the top, that it cannot be defended under any principles, no matter how loose. Yeah, so they were just too greedy, basically, uh, and that might come back to, to bite them. Meantime, in Washington, we have a political drama in the House of Representatives. Uh, this Congressman Gates, we've talked about him before, uh, not a particularly nice man with a, a backstory, shall we say. He's uh, filed a motion for Kevin McCarthy to vacate the chair. Yeah, I mean, this is really, you know, it's a long, long time since we've had a moment like this in American political history. Uh, Gates wants McCarthy gone. He's got a small rump. Uh, of Republicans. I mean, they, they, Pat, let's be frank. These are objectively unhinged people. They don't care uh, about their party. They don't care about, uh, they have, a, they have a, a real hard right agenda. That is what motivates them, uh, and consequences be damned. So McCarthy has some procedural gambits he can use, uh, to stave off a vote on this. But ultimately, it would take a vote, a majority vote of the entire U.S. House. Uh, representatives to remove him. The question becomes, Gates says he has a number of Republicans. How many that is, I don't know, 12, 15, somewhere in that neck of the woods. But it's such that if all the Democrats were to join him in this vote, they could depose McCarthy as Speaker if this gets to a vote. The question becomes, what are the Democrats going to do? Uh, and my own perspective is that I think, look, some Democrats in, battle, in battleground districts uh, are not willing to say they, they think that they potentially there's gain in them uh, in it for them if they save Kevin McCarthy's speakership. Uh, the, on the other hand, Democrats as well. They don't want to be perceived to be going along uh, at the insistence of Matt Gates. So it's a very complex, uh, you know, yeah. series of events. And Nancy forward. Pelosi, we talked about this on the program yesterday. She says, yeah, "Keep your hands off this. Don't dirty your hands with the Republicans' messy business. Let them sort it out themselves." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the from the Democrats' wisest point of view would be to steer clear of this, to abstain in any vote, uh, to let the Republicans. Uh, see how this goes. But again, it underscores the challenge faced by McCarthy uh, on an ongoing basis. I mean, it took him 15 votes uh, to get elected speaker. Uh, and again, it comes down to some systemic realities. These hardliners in his party, they're only rewarded by their constituents because their constituencies are so gerry gerrymandered that they veer so hard to the right that their people at home are saying, keep going with this, Matt, keep going with this, Marjorie, uh, and there's no consequences for them. Now, another man who is in incredibly hot water is Rudy Giuliani, the the, the hero of uh, post-9-11 New York, uh, and how fallen, how shamed he is now. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, this is a sad story. I mean, for those of us looking on from a distance, you know, Rudy Giuliani, I suppose, had the world at his feet. Uh, in the wake of 9-11, he was kind of America's mayor. He had all sorts of opportunities. Now, we know, or at least we're told by those who know him, that he's always been uh, a particularly nasty guy. Uh, and for whatever reason, you know, he got close with Trump and he hinged his car to, to, to Trump's uh, wagon. Uh, and like so many others who have done that beforehand, he now finds himself in an awful, awful predicament. The question becomes whether prosecutors, in particular in the Georgia case, are going to be able to get Giuliani to turn uh, on on Donald Trump, 
uh, in the course of that. And given all the pressure, financial and otherwise, that Giuliani is under, uh, that could be. Now, of course, Trump has brought him all the way and all this sort of stuff. So Giuliani's people say he will stick with the president. But he has also said that he has a pretty good insurance policy on Trump. Now, whatever that means, who knows? Uh, But my suspicion is Rudy Giuliani is not going to go down on his own. He's not going to go down on his own because he will go down and there can be no forgiveness. It's not a federal uh, rap, so it would be a state rap. And uh, even if Trump were to become president, um, there would be no mercy from that quarter. No, no, I, I wouldn't think so. So, uh, you know, at this stage, you know, we hear all sorts of rumors about Giuliani, what's led him to this stage about maybe drinking problems and all sorts of other extramarital issues and, how, you know, abhorrent behavior. Uh, so at one level, it's hard, it's hard to feel sad for the guy. But still, uh, I mean, I suppose his descent into, you know, from the top uh, all the way down to the bottom uh, is something to behold. And again, I, I think it's a cautionary tale uh, of people who get it too close to Donald Trump and what ultimately happens to them. Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at the University of Galway, columnist with the journal.ie. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.